right, welcome to Reptile Fight Club. I am Justin Julander, your host, and with me as always is your other host, Chuck Bull. Ah, what's up for the downstroke, folks? Oh, all right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, how are you doing, my friend? How was life? I am well. Um, just... Yeah, I'm I'm swimming in the big ocean like everybody else. But uh, yeah, work's work's been super tough. Got a lot of stuff going. So glad we finally had a chance to sit down and do a uh, a fight club. Uh, feel like it's been it seems like it's been a minute since we uh, we recorded one. So yeah. good good to be here. Good to do that. Uh, got uh, got on got my butt on to NPR. So that should be coming out. Uh, had a an amazing oh, nice. time with those guys. Yeah. So that was super fun. Uh, excited to, uh, see how that gets received. We, we had great, great discussion, uh, fun with those guys. Bob rock was on there. It was, it was a crew. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 All three so, of them. So Eric Owen and, and yep. Bob. And Bob. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and Rob, I Rob. called him Bob in the interview and I'm just like, yeah. it's natural. It's Bob rock. Like, <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. I'm like, ah, it's, it's Rob. I think he answers to a lot of things. Yeah, no, no, no. It's good. Uh, dude, I, I I love Rob. He's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. He's he's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's very uh very kind of um laid back and yeah, yep. easy going. It's yeah. it's a but lot smart of fun. As, but, man, smart as smart as a whip is, and he's got I mean, oh, he's locked on, dude. Just locked he on. He is you a, know? he is an intense herper too. It's awesome. That's like awesome. he's See, like right I, down my alley. Like yeah. And it's so that's so funny because you know, I do I catch that so laid back side of him, but I, I, I totally could see that, that, uh, dynamite of a herper in him, yeah. like him come to life and, you know, Oh going, yeah. Oh going, yeah. Going crazy. When you so. find a snake. You, you, I mean, oh, he yeah. gets, he gets pumped. <laughs> it's That's great. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I love the enthusiasm. Yeah. He's, he's just a brilliant guy too. So, yeah. Okay. Enough, uh, praise for Bob rock for Rob stone. <laughs> um, even though he deserves it, but we'll absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's been pretty crazy around here too. Just, uh, doing our thing, but yeah, it's hitting the slopes, uh, you know? Yeah. You and, I was going to say, you've <laughs> gotten some slope, some slopes time in your, uh, your, uh... Yeah, a little bit, but it, the, the snow's kind of getting crappy. It hasn't really snowed much lately. So that's kind of a bummer, but, well, All I right. guess we're not here to talk about skiing and nobody wants to hear about that. Yeah. No, let's, let's no. move on to let's reptile topics. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so with, you know, Adeline's interview, I got uh, excited about doing some art. So I, I got a, uh, one of the, like the iPad pencils or whatever. And, and oh, started doing yeah. some, nice some digital art and it's working out pretty well. I'm pretty, uh, happy with the way it's going so are, are we are we are we uh ascended to the level of of creating us a new logo and all that or what's what's going <laughs> oh, on I, stickers I shirts that at all, we gotta yeah. start marketing here justin <laughs> yeah i know right i'm i'm mostly just working on a a project uh for i don't know what like i'm trying to have something come out at the same time as the book just for fun kind of a carpet themed thing so oh, that's i don't even see that but yeah so wow these are some of the some of the ones i've done so far so i've got jesus man so, so just a good <laughs> thanks i'm that's not really done with good the, the bread lie there yet but in the in process that's, that's, so. that is looking amazing so hopefully i'll have it done to be able to you know maybe do some kind of cool poster or something when the book is released so <laughs> i don't know we've still got a little time with the with the book i think it's 
I, I don't know how, you know, printing's going to go. I mean, we're pretty much wrapped up. We're, we're mm-hmm. doing the final checks. We got Warren section. So that's been nice. And, and to see kind of the, um, that genetic analysis that he did and had his uh, kind of spiel in there. That was really good. And he, he's got a couple sections in the book, which is, which is nice. And then we've got, uh, we're just going through the layouts now looking for mistakes or, and, and, uh, working with Russ Gurley on that. So that's been a lot. And Russ is a great guy. He's, he's really right. good to work with. And so that's been a, a good process, but man, it sure is nice to see this thing coming together. See all oh, the photos in there. It's exciting. Have you, have you, you got, you, did you say you've gotten any chapters back yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. Most of the book nice. we've got most back. of the books done. Yeah. I think just all we haven't seen is just kind of the second part of the morph section, but Oh my gosh, that morph section is is huge it's gonna it's, it's, so crazy. it's yeah. gonna be like a yeah so it's it like looks like book. it looks like the book's gonna be about 650 pages so it's gonna be a quite a quite a good sized uh book here so uh, i'm really excited to hold this thing in my hands though it's gonna be gonna be fun but yeah we've got uh just going through the layouts and getting everything approved until we can send it off to the printers get kind of that uh blue line and then who knows with COVID, but I, I am anticipating it's probably going to be delayed, you know, so hopefully we'll see it, uh, late spring, early summer, but that's, that might be, might be a pipe dream. I don't know. We'll have to see. Really? You think, you think it'll be uh fall winter or I, I hope not. I mean, I, I don't want to wait that long, but, um, we'll, we'll see, you know, who who can say what these days Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. how fast things are going to come out of, out of China, but, um, you know, what do you do? Well, <laughs> we'll it, it, it's, it, it's hilarious that, uh, all of our, like, em, all of our, like, um, Metcal and stuff like calibrated items, torque wrenches, mm-hmm. PME precision measuring stuff that yeah. we have for work. We are sending it all to Japan because mm-hmm. we cannot get it done in house. So, oh, really? Um, and we're getting it back much, much faster. So um, I think if we, if our torque wrenches can do it, so can your book. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens, but hopefully sooner than later, we will have the second edition of the complete, or I guess we're calling it the more complete carpet Python, but that should be done. Hopefully very, uh, with, you know, within a few months, but we'll have our, we'll have everything done and off to the printers within the month, I think. Sick. Um, yeah, (laughs) but that's a load off of you at least. Oh, that's a, it's a, I mean, Okay, so the first edition was about half. I mean, not that you're not ready to start writing another book already, (laughs) right? Oh yeah, I mean, we're we're a little into the the next one, but yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's basically a new book. We pretty much rewrote probably seventy five, eighty percent of the stuff that was in the first edition. Mm -hmm. Um, added you know a ton of information and, and pages. I mean, the the it's it's double the size of the first edition, and I mean all. I, I'm really excited because there's all wild um, individuals in the species chapter for the most part. I mean, there's like maybe two or three that are captive specimens. You Like, for example, like the rough scale python, we didn't have any photos of wild rough scale pythons displaying, you know, their big teeth mm-hmm. and stuff. So we used the pictures that I got at Reptile Gardens from Terry. He had his display for me and I got some, you know, okay shots of those and, and put those so you can see the teeth and you can see the display um, in the chapter, but yeah, we've added, a an Owen Pelly chapter. So that'll be cool. Uh, mm-hmm. such cool snakes. And then the, uh, 
uh, we added a, a chapter on herping. So, you know, cool. finding carp Australian herping or yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean all, just some I mean, of it's would... general, like, you know, but most, you know, it's, 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 there's some specific stuff for finding carpet pythons, but it's kind of more of a general kind of intro to herping type thing, you know, so you, you, you have a whole section on diming out Aussie spots for finding, <laughs> yeah, finding right. carpet pythons. Put so a bunch would, of, yeah, put a bunch of locality. You. Yeah. Yeah. GPS yeah, coordinates. Now you come back and there would be your face with a wanted poster would be yeah, plastered exactly. up all over Australia, uh, dude. Well, the, the first edition, when it came out, they were, they were kind of touting that as like a smuggler's list of all the stuff that, you know, it was kind of, there was a little really? bit of a weird backhanded comment in one of the reviews of the book. Like it's a list of all the stuff that, you know, is going to be smuggled in the next 10 years or something. But, and I mean, obviously some were, and you know, the, yeah. Yeah, both ways, you know, some of the Australian stuff made it over across the pond and some of the European or, but or clearly, stuff clearly, clearly Nick Mutton and Justin Julender have, uh, have all the control of what is being <laughs> yeah, exactly. moving across pond. And, and like, they wouldn't yeah. know about it with our, without our book. Yeah, exa- exactly, you know? It's not all exactly. over the internet and they don't already know about it. Clearly yeah, why the authorities searched you leaving Australia that one. Yeah. Time. I mean, we shouldn't write any books or have any knowledge because that would just lead to bad things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's frustrating. And, you know, I, I don't know, going through Australian customs, I've gotten pulled aside several that's, times. Like, that's right. Yeah. The last time I'm like, Hey, you're, you're profiling me. <laughs> he didn't like that much, but yeah, it was a little, little weird, but I'm like, yeah, check, check my bags, check my stuff, check whatever. I'm just here to look at your wildlife. I don't know why you're hassling me and wasting my time. I don't have it. Just, just, just be like, <laughs> I don't have it in my bag. Wink, wink, you know, just, yeah. that you'd never make your flight. I didn't had store it in my friend's rectum. Oh my God. <laughs> you better check. Oh man. Your friend would uh, never forgive yeah. you for that. Nobody's were you there with Steve? You know. Um, yeah, I went with Steve Sharp. Yeah, and his Mike. butthole would yeah. be over you forever, <laughs> dude. Uh, he he went he went through a different airport, so that was and he got pulled singled out too. Yeah, so, see, you know, they, uh, they dude, and if they if they were looking for you like that, all you'd have to do is mention his butthole, and it would be. <laughs> That would be the end of it. Oh man, it yeah, I don't think it. you'd forgive me for that one. Mm, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, good times. But yeah, I'm. I'm. It's. It's going to be nice to have this wrapped up and hopefully out to out to everybody soon. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see it done. Yeah, have I said that enough. Have I expressed yeah. my excitement for this stuff? But yeah, it's a brand new book pretty much. So hopefully, you know, everybody enjoys it. It's not like the traditional second edition where they add a new couple photos and, you know, add a sentence or two. This is like major overhaul, lots of new information. Yeah, Um, I'm I'm excited for the plus size carpet book. Yeah, it'll hopefully hopefully it'll be well received and and the the effort and work will be appreciated. (laughs) I'm sure there will be some detractors. I'm sure uh, I got a call from a he who shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hesitate to even mention on here. I don't want to give that any airtime, but yeah, that was a, an interesting conversation, but yeah. As they yeah. usually are, I'm sure. Yeah. Apparently yeah. our podcast really sucks. So that's fun. <laughs> I, yeah. I appreciate the news. He obviously <laughs> Sorry, listened listeners. to it we enough suck. to, to form do? an opinion. So yeah, yeah. We're terrible. All this banter yeah. is just uh, obnoxious. Uh, uh, our bad, our bad press people. is still press. <laughs> I guess. Hey, which leads us into our topic today. 
All right. Wait, way to go, Chuck. I mean, yep. you just Se- seamless, seamless Seg- Segway, Chuck, man. Yeah, there we go. All right. Well, today we're talking about shady business or sketchy business practices. So, um, can they be useful? Can they be helpful? Can they annoy the crap out of you? <laughs> we're going to talk about the pros and cons of shady business practices. So Hi, my name is hi, my name is <laughs> chicka chicka business shady. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. We might have, to, I guess we don't have to pay for it. We didn't sing that much of it. Yeah. yeah I oh, well, don't you I get like 16 seconds of a song before you have to pay. I don't you, know. <laughs> you better find the real one. Play a it little is, clip of that. It, is, it was so, it was so broken up and so bad. I can't possibly owe anybody money <laughs> yeah. for that. They're going to have a hard time knowing what yeah. song that was. No, right? Yeah. And I'll be, have a case against us. Yeah. And, and we broke it up. So we're, we're, we, we, we were the band formerly known as, and we're no longer together. So <laughs> there you go. I don't know. Uh, well, we're, um, we've got some good guests lined up for the next couple rounds too. So, you know, look forward to a couple, uh, fun shows coming up. So, um, just won't be us. Yeah. You won't have to listen to us, uh, for a couple weeks, but I don't know. We haven't really done a just us show for a bit either. So mm, no, I guess, I guess not. Yeah, a couple episodes. I mean, yeah. do we really go that far from just me yeah, and you, buddy? That's true. Yeah. yeah. Getting getting back to the classic, right? That yep. Yep. All right. Well, are you feeling lucky today? Or who I don't know. We talked about coin title. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Let's see. Yep. I got I got I got uh you won last time. So I know, I know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if it carries over. Okay, call it in the air. Here you go. Tails. Oh, tails! It is That's lightning strikes twice. Talking about Man, That's what I'm talking about. Year, year. I, I'm talking I, about. I guess I'm just the unlucky one for the next year, right? Well, what do you want? Do you want shady business practices are good, or shady business practices? Are not so good. I'm so on the con side of this. Okay. You know, I, I hate the shady. Um, yep. I, yeah. Well, that'll be fun to promote or give the pros yeah. of shady business practices. Make All right. Work, work for this one, I suppose. Hey, I'm up to the challenge, my friend. I know you are. I'm I know you kick, are. I'm going to wipe your... Okay. Anyway. Whoa. Uh, here we go. <laughs> um. And of course, I, I, this is a formality, so I know I already know the answer. But would you like to go first, or would you like to have me go? Uh, first? You know me so well. <laughs> I shall, I shall let you strut us out of the gate. All right, age before beauty. Here we go. That's correct. <laughs> um, so, how can shady or sketchy business practices be a pro? I guess. Um, I think the, the reptile industry has had a lot of a lot of shade in their past a lot mm-hmm. of sketchy things going on in the past in their present in the present too yeah. okay. you just don't you you know the past so much more yeah but yeah. well and it's easy to talk about the past because some players are not in the game anymore so yeah. they're easy to talk about but yeah. i i guess uh of course um the old hank molt comes to mind man yeah. that guy was sketchy and shady as they come um going to extremes of like making uh uh, documents, fake documents to show that he was some representative of the United States coming to New Guinea to give the president an award or something and, and working it so he could 
bring back Boland's pythons and all sorts of crazy rare things. Right. Um, just, just nuts. I mean, he was, he was smuggling in stuff from Australia and, uh, and, you know, maybe some of the things we have in captivity today are, are a direct result of that. Um, so, you know, I guess in some way we might benefit from some of those sketchy practices from the past where those animals maybe went to a good place and were reproduced. And I mean, a ton of zoos were clambering over, you know, getting animals from Hank Malt and they got kind of a black eye and, and to the, well, this is kind of a point for you, but to this day there, they don't like to work with the public sector because of that, mm-hmm. you know, because of things like that um, ruined it for them. And they, and some of the zoos got in a lot of trouble and some zoos are very, very, you know, picky about even dealing at all with anybody from the public and, and others are a little, you know, less, less stringent, I suppose. But, um, so, you know, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I'm never going to smuggle anything. I'm never going to be involved in that kind of, uh, illegal activity, but you know, it's, it's hard to fault when at there's least no... not at the ground level. Right. You're, I mean, yeah. If yeah. Something's over and it's here and it's been reproduced and exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, then it's kind of like hard to say, well, this is bad because for, it's for goodness sake, happened. we all might have, yeah. I mean, we all yeah. might have a hand. Oh, in I'm that sure. I'm sure case. everybody yeah. has the, you know, the, yeah. the fruits of ill gotten good. Yeah. Somebody's ill gotten labors. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. But I, I guess I could see, I, I I hate to say that as a pro, but yeah. liking Australian well, I mean, reptiles, I mean, it gives me the opportunity to work with some species that I'd really want to work with. It's no, I mean, they've already come out of the wild. They're already being reproduced yeah. in Europe or, or over in the United States or whatever. Um, and, you know, they're, they're here. I, I guess I'd, you know, it's hard to find too much fault with that, but. Um, I, I know, a, a friend of mine was, was involved with some smuggling back in the day. And, uh, I mean, the reason he did that was because he saw like a farmer chop up, you know, a, a python because it was in his field. And he's like, they don't appreciate their, and this was, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago or whatever. So, um, a long time ago, but, um, you know, he's like, they didn't appreciate them. You know, why should I worry about keeping their laws? You know, so. Sure. Sure. Sent some stuff back right. to the United States. Their, their, rule, their rules and their laws, but they're dumb ones. So yeah. screw it, right? And when there's no legitimate way, you know, for a hobbyist to to do things, you gotta expect that, you know, that's sure that stuff's gonna go down because you know the demand is there and people are gonna pay the price and pay money for it. So I don't know. And it's and it's hard, you know, to I don't think our government should be spending effort and and tax dollars enforcing Australian law, but you know, what do you do? Right. I, I, I had, I, I bought a pair of, uh, Phylorus amnicola, the riverine leaftail geckos at mm-hmm. Tinley, um, from my friend, Nathan Hall. And I mean, when I went to Tinley, Wait, like, did you, Oh, this is when you went to Tinley. Yeah. When I gave the okay. gecko talk. Oh, yep. Okay. 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 And I was so, like, wow. You... Yeah. I, I, I had some, I shipped some animals to myself because Nathan gave me some space at his table. Gotcha. He's, he's such a cool guy. Nathan, yeah. I can't speak highly, you know, high enough of, of Nathan Hall. But anyway, he uh, gave me some space at his table, had me speak at the symposium. I mean, it was a great time. Um, put me up in a room there for the, for the uh, Tinley show. So it was a lot of fun. But anyway, um, one of the, one of the most common species of Australian geckos at the show was the riverine leaftail gecko, Phylorus amnicola. And so I'm like, oh, there's a ton of them here and they're not, you know, 
unreasonably priced. And so I got a pair of them and, and came home with those. And uh, I posted some pictures and, and some of my Australian friends are like, oh, well, I'm glad you get to have those, you know, way, way to go, way to benefit from smuggling. And I'm like, oh, I didn't smuggle them. And they're the most captive bred leaf tail gecko at the show. Like, yeah. I don't think the wild populations are hurting as a result of this. I mean, at least now that they're captive bred and nobody is ever going to smuggle those again because there's no incentive to, because they're already captive bred over here. And that's the same thing I told the, um, the inspectors at the border, like anything that, you know, pretty much I want to work with, I can probably find already captive bred in the U S so I don't mm-hmm. need to smuggle your animals. And why would I want to bring in a bunch of parasitized wild caught, you know, snakes when I can buy captive bread for, you know, no risk and for a lot less price. So anyway, that was a very long winded initial statement. Yes, you digressed. Of you, sketchy you, practices. You, you digressed. Yeah. So let me please read. <laughs> can you follow that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean. Yeah, I think I mean I think you did a, a a a good a good segue in of just like the the con of you know that and and um you know I, I recently just talked about uh uh bull and I and you know mm-hmm. kind of the, the I I look at that you know just absorbent price that importers are getting now for bull and I that, you know, it's, it's completely fabricated at that level. And there's, you know, sketchy, sketchies examples at best of stuff that, that might, might be captive hatch, but probably is wild collected and funneled through as, as at least at minimum captive hatch, if they're not straight out lying about captive bread. Uh, And, and, you know, it, it, it kind of just goes to, um, I mean, you know, you can listen to the interview, but I, I, I feel like, um, you know, that high price it's getting, yeah, people will pay that. Some people will pay that, but maybe not the right people. Maybe we won't ever be able to establish them properly. And, and eventually after, you know, paying all this money and, and not having success and animals dying off, people are like, screw this, like, we're not going to do it. And, you know, and it's just a waste it's a waste of time, a waste of opportunity, just because people want to make some, they see the opportunity for money and rather than, you know, uh, and, and they just gouge and gouge and gouge. And it's like, you know, it's, it, it's just, it's, it's so far past, you know, I, I believe obscene was the word that, uh, Rob Stone used. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, the, 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 the opportunity around getting bull and I here, uh, and getting them established and being able to, to breed them. And they're never probably going to be bred in these, you know, record ball Python numbers or something like that. They're, they're too tough to breed. Uh, but so they'll always command a higher price, but get them in here, get them established where, you know, there's so crazy money right now that only some people can afford them. And maybe, maybe those aren't the best people to be breeding them. Um, you know, maybe they are, maybe, uh, maybe I'm totally full of shit, but, um, I don't think so. And, and I just think you can see how, like in that situation, the, the, the greater community and, and the greater, you know, captive keeping reptile community would suffer from that. And it's just, uh, you know, we, we, we're just so, you know, people are like, well, yeah, things cost money and these are animals that people want. And so we charge money, but it's just, 
it's just shitty and it's just an ugly face on reptile keeping and an easy way an easy target for people to say see look at that gross disgusting mm. look at that you know mm. and um i just i think that's a you know kind of the the easy the easy uh, you know, you were talking about Hank Moulton reaching back, but I mean, right here today, right as we speak, uh, that's a, a an example of kind of the the ugliness uh, that that's happening around today. So, you know, uh, same shit, different day, apparently. Yeah, um, I mean, I I guess um, I, I'll give you that. You know, putting a high price tag on a on a snake probably increases the demand in some ways, at least maybe for the, the people uh, catching the snakes, you know, because they, they, Oh, these are worth a lot of money, you know, and it it de-incentivizes people to work together. Right. Yeah. Like your, your, your profits, profit, profitizing. I don't know if that's really even a word, but, but you're, you're, you're monetizing uh, an animal as a commodity and you're getting absorbent money for it. And, Oh, well, is because there's demand. Okay, great. But at the same time, you're 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 the more you do that, the more you push towards the profit side of it, the further away you get from the the um y- y- you know, the the captive the captive population side of it and the setting up of 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 a group that can successfully establish share, breed and, and uh and propagate the species uh, here in the United States. Um, Potentially. I mean, we've, we've talked about, uh, you know, high priced animals and kind of the pros and cons of that. And, and maybe this is, this has been brought up, but I mean, maybe the people that can afford them can also afford a very nice, you know, setup and, and good space for them. I see, you know, quite a few, uh, maybe uh, people that are going to give them, the space they need. And maybe that's, maybe that's the key. Maybe they need a, a giant space, big, big well. wide open space. I don't know. You know, maybe that's part of it. So maybe these people that can shell out 20 grand for a pair of snakes can also shell out 20 grand for a giant enclosure that has, you know, the, the, the same humidity and temperature and rainfall of, of New Guinea, you know, and give them the, what they need. Um, whereas if, you know, somebody can barely afford the snakes, you know, it, we have kind of a bad track record in the reptile industry of, of like buying the, you know, spending a lot of money on the animal and maybe not so much on the enclosures, you know, or stick them in a rack drawer or something, you know, and, and, and try to get it to work because it works with ball pythons or something. Anyway, I could see, you know, some, that being a, a pro, if they've got the money to afford a snake, that they could also maybe set it up properly. And you know, I've, I have seen a few examples of that with Bull and I specifically. Uh-huh. Um, we, we talked to, um, um, now, yeah, I'm I'm so terrible with names. I don't know why I even try to bring up a name, but um, ball python breeder that just got a pair of Bull and I and setting them up in a big nice Justin Kabilkis. Justin Kabilka. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I he has I the same name. I can't say his last name. I can't say his last name correctly uh, still, yeah. but I, 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 I at least know who the hell you're talking about. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a factor of having five children. I try to yell at my kids and I can't get the name right. Yeah. The mental deterioration is <laughs> yeah, slow. Yeah, I have to go through and, each of their <laughs> yeah, 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 something's wrong. My mom, me, but... my mom did, <laughs> does that to this day. Oh, like, yeah. The yeah. dogs, all the pets, like oh, yeah. she will roll yeah. through. Like we're not even <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, we we change we change species like it's crazy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So forgive me, uh, Justin, for getting getting such a great named person, you know, for getting in their name. But anyway, I mean, he has been very successful in his breeding and and marketing and and doing all that th- stuff, and he's putting together a very nice cage. Letting you know, having somebody that uh, like Casey Cannon that probably has uh, really good knowledge about that kind of thing and has you know thought about it a lot and uh, is setting up something that hopefully will be very successful for those snakes and potentially allowing them to breed and, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, I think there, there could be a con or a pro to having (laughs) these things being uh, exorbitant price, but I do see the con in, in, um, you know, promoting their collection, illegal collection from the wild um, when they probably shouldn't be collected or, or exceeding quotas to try to get more money, you know, and you know, you can't fault the locals for that. Like if these crazy white people are going to pay that much for a snake, then maybe uh, they, they should capitalize on that. But it, you know, you, you hate to see it uh, uh, do damage to the wild populations, but I don't know. They're in a pretty remote area. It's very difficult to go out and poach those, I would imagine. So it's probably not going to be an issue unless the locals just go hog wild and start collecting all of them from, Mm -hmm. and and I, hopefully that doesn't happen as long as the, you know, the native people of uh, Papua New Guinea will uh, maintain their uh, reverence for those snakes and and that kind of thing. But anyway, um, so, uh, you know, that sketchy uh, type, type of, uh, business, you know, I, I guess that would potentially fall into that, but I could also see that benefiting the animals in some way that the people get them in their hands and could do a little better with them as far yeah, as but you, so you don't think, but you don't think, you don't think the justification. So like, like, okay, let's, let's run this out. Like, mm-hmm. all right. So I, I am an importer of bull and I, and I'm making all this money hand over fist and I can get these animals to a guy like Justin Kabilka who can offer them these huge cages and all of this exorbitant things that, you know, enhance the animal's life, blah, 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 blah. Uh, don't don't you think that 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 some of that could potentially it, it almost reinforces a shady business practice uh, because who says that Bull and I need these giant absorbent cages and that you know I mean I'm not saying that you can't give it to them I'm not saying that you know the San Diego Zoo didn't have one of those corner you know. Uh, penthouse suites for their bowl and mm-hmm. I, and that they, you know, that they have multiple animals moving around. Cool. I'm not saying that, but, but there, there are people who as part of their business practice will shame you by saying, Oh, if you don't keep that animal in a gigantic enclosure, you're performing animal cruelty. And that's, that's, you know, that's wrong. Or you better keep it naturalistic or you better, test all your animals uh or else you're a shit person and a bad human being that that's another that's another form of sketchy business practice where Mm -hmm. you take kind of a higher than thou approach to to something that honestly you don't fucking understand you don't understand i mean i I, look you can't tell me that nervous you know, snakes need these big, wide open spaces. Yes, if you want to do it that way, you stick them out in the wild. 
right? You just never, you never bring them in. But mm -hmm. if, if you want to bring them in and you want to reproduce them and you want to do that, sometimes maybe these giant, big, wide open cages and all the money in the world that you throw at it isn't going to be what reproduces that animal. And if that's really the goal, if what we're doing is, you know, if, if, if what we're doing is just trying to make more, you know, uh, more snakes so we can get wealthy off of it. Cool. Then whatever, none of it matters. But if, if, if it's that reinforced skating, you know, sketchiness of like, well, I have to do all this big grandioso thing so I can reproduce these and make tons of money. Then, you know, that idea of like, Oh, having them in big cages and spending tons of money and all of these things are, are almost shaming to people who do understand that maybe that's not the trick to the animal, or maybe that that's not the most important thing, but that you're almost anthropomorphizing what you feel is humane or what you feel is correct. Because what's the first thing that animal might do when you stick it in a giant enclosure might find the tiniest, smallest, safest place in that enclosure and go stuff itself in there and hide because it's like, whoa, this is flipping me out. Right. So you know, I think there's an other side, there's another argument to that, but more deeper to my point is you have all these people who, who through their kind of higher than thou opinion about stuff do what I would almost consider a shady business practice. So like an example, I heard, um, uh, what's that cat's name? I don't, it was a, Elijah or some shit like that, mm -hmm. but he was on a podcast and he was, he was shitting on Travis Wyman for the, um, for the interview he did with, with Justin and those guys uh, mm -hmm. regarding NIDO testing. And he would kind of just snipe at Travis. Like he basically, he basically, um, made him out to sound like a joke PhD, like that his doctorate, like that, you know, his doctorate was invalid and that mm -hmm. he didn't, you know, he was against testing and it, and it was absolutely, you know, just, it, it was, it was, first of all, it was almost just character assassination, but he was completely mischaracterizing the things that Travis said. And look, I, I understand that, that, that testing is a good thing. It is a good thing, but, but, through the discussion that we had on Reptile Fight Club and through the discussion that they had, you know, that there were some clear um, issues or, or things to kind of overcome. And to listen to this guy crap on Travis Wyman and, 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 you know, kind of try to make Travis seem like he was, he wasn't, didn't know what he was talking about and that, you know, he was kind of the, a fake PhD almost mm -hmm. um, because he was dropping the complications around everyone should just test and, and everything should be tested and it should be fine. It doesn't know it's, there should be no excuse. And if you give an excuse, then you don't care about the health and welfare of animals. And, you know, it's, it's completely ridiculous to marginalize anybody who, who brings, scientific fact uh and and you know the worst part about it was when you listen to this dude he was a smart dude now if you're a stupid fuck and you don't know any better i get it i understand i understand people who just don't know any better and they go with the tagline because they don't understand the science behind it or you know sure. the, the yeah. nuance of it or whatever but when you know better and you do that 
that's the same sketchy business practice as selling an animal for high price or smuggling or whatever, because you're trying to push your agenda in a, in a, in a disingenuous way. And you're Mm -hmm. trying to marginalize people who are, are credible, who have worked very hard and are very intelligent and know what they're talking about. And, and Mm -hmm. it's not, that's, that's horrible. That's horrible. For the community, mm. that's horrible for for the reptile keeper at large to to hear that. And and you know, I think if you have half a head in your skull, you hear that guy, and you're like, all right, that that's obviously a personal issue. And if you listen to the way he talks, you're kind of like, all right, he is not. He, you know, I mean, if you were if you were to listen to all of those podcasts, you would clearly see that he's he's you know sniping on the things that Travis said, and he's not representing what Travis's point was at all. Travis mm. is high is very much protesting, but Travis also wants to give people the information around, you know, why sometimes it's risky to test or even a positive test might be more complicated than that, uh, or why it's impractical for some people at, at such scale to test. And that there's other ways that, Maybe the customer, you know, can test. And if it's, you know, the animal's positive, then then there's recourse, potential recourse for the customer. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it's not the, you know, and you let the 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 breeder know. But uh and you know, I mean, I I just I I don't think anything precludes people from testing, but it's just yeah. it really made me frustrated because here's somebody who clearly, you know. And, and and nobody's saying that te- nobody in that whole argument uh, or discussion around testing was saying that we shouldn't test. Yeah. Nobody said that. The whole but policy if, was to test, right? Yeah, or to allow you, people if to you, test. If, if, they if you were to. listening to the podcast that I'm talking about, and I'm not even going to mention who it was because I'm not going to give them the credit that, mm-hmm. that they were trying to get out of it uh, because it was so ridiculous what they were doing. And I, I look at that as a sketchy business practice of itself. Yeah. Now um, I, I tried to listen to that. I didn't make it too far through, but um, I will say that, I mean, he had some people who agreed with him. Uh, obviously they had him on their podcast and, and they, they were all in and, and I didn't really agree with the, the things they were saying. A lot of things are like, what are you talking about? But you know, that it was, those it kinda, was just paint with a very broad brush. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Finger, right. pa- well, finger painting with a very I'm, broad brush. I'm going to give Chuck like, a, a minute to, to, to calm down, take some deep <sighs> breath. He's coming in hot here, but uh, that's good. I mean, um, I, you know, I, I, I agree. Like taking personal snipes is kind of a risky and sketchy business practice, but I mean, it gets you attention. Uh, yeah. you know, people, people know your name. If, if you're having beef with somebody and beefs in the reptile industry are, are as old as <laughs> sketchy business practices in the reptile industry. Like, well, it seems like that, uh, some people have built their business model on that concept. You know, I, I saw, I, uh, Ralph Davis comes to mind and I don't even know if he's breeding snakes anymore, or if he's doing much anymore in the reptile industry. I, I looked at his website today and it was like, the, the most recent thing was from like 2017 or 2014 or something. So I don't think he's breeding snakes actively. If he's not, he's not updating his website. But anyway, right. um, he was one of those guys that was just so bold. And so like he'd call people out or, or, or say stuff about people and, and people would, you know, like 
be upset and he'd get his, you know, he's, but he had this loyal following. Now it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I wasn't really excited about his, you know, type of business modeling. I mean, he'd get kind of, you know, like selling Ralph Davis brand underwear, you know, like his logo on like, you know, was there a skid mark in it? <laughs> no, no. It was like, it was like women's underwear. Like, oh. <laughs> You know, Whoa. like, the, yeah, uh, <laughs> kind of like lacy, you know, thong whatever, underwear or something. But whatever he's into. Yeah, it's like, okay, I would never put my logo on thong underwear and try to sell it, you know. So we kind of had that rough, tough guy, like, I'm, you yeah. know, I'm, you know, getting chicks and Cl- clearly, a, la- clearly and, a ladies' yeah. man. Exactly. Yeah, so, man. you know, that, that kind of, you know, that, that, and, and it was not my cup of tea, but there were a lot of people that loved Ralph Davis and, and swore by him and were loyal customers because of his bad boy, you know, persona. And I think, you know, some people, you know, the, the, any press is good press crowd, like they can make a business out of that. And I, you know, I'm not saying that it's a, it's the best way to go or that, the, you know, they're not going to have repercussions down the row. And, you know, some people might get the crap kicked out of them, you know, like if they, if they kind of keep up that attitude or call out the wrong person, they might get pummeled at the next reptile show. And there have been, I don't know, there was, there's some, there's some, uh, and I think, you know, as American, a lot of Americans like that kind of stuff. You know, Absolutely. they like the, the entertain me and, you know, the Spartacus attitude or whatever, you know, we, they want to just watch people pummel each other, um, which is, you know, MMA is really big around here and in, in the U S so, um, but you know, it, it works. He sold a lot of snakes and had a lot of customers and they were loyal. And so, you know, you, you can say, oh, this is sketchy and he's, an, you know, he's a bad person or whatever, but it worked for his business practice. So sketchy or not, you, you know, it, it had results. So sure. this, this guy, well, and, you know, lambasting I- Travis, I mean, yeah, he, that's, that's kind of a douche move and, and trying to call into question. I mean, you know, I've got a PhD and, and I'm sure Travis would agree with me. Having a PhD doesn't necessarily mean, you know, everything and you can do it, but it, but it does prove that you've put in the work and you know how to think and you know how to reason and and do, do research and, and things like that. And so, you know, some of that might not be necessarily, um, you know, well, and, and, but, 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 but to marginalize him yeah, by completely misrepresenting yeah. what he said mm-hmm. is it's, it's, and you know, look, we're in the age of, if you don't like what somebody's saying, you just make up your own truth and you pull a, uh, pull a, what this dude did and, and you just march on and you, you, you know, like when somebody's basically giving you reasons that, that are, you know, nobody's saying you can't test. There's nobody's taking away anyone's personal right to test. There's mm-hmm. there's tests out there. If you want to test, test. But the, the the idea that there is no there there is no reasonable barriers mm-hmm. to testing. There are there there there's and and if you get you know you can if you get the right test, you can test for all kinds of things. I'm sure we could figure out that all these animals have all kinds of stuff going on. We Mm. just don't have the right test for it. Right. And if we did have the right test, if we did have the right test and and the animal was completely healthy, what would you do? What would you do? Like these animals can, you know, I mean, it's, it's so like to just ignore that and be Mm. like, well, a positive test is a positive test. Like, yeah, I get that. I get that. But you know, you can still p- test positive for COVID and not be contagious at all. You can still like there's 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 a myriad of things that can happen that a positive test, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that 
you're spreading sickness all yeah. the time. Yeah. Or or and, that and, or that, that positive test results in sickness. Exactly. I mean, there's so many different uh things that can be harbored within an animal that don't cause any issues for the animal, unless maybe they get in a stressful situation or something like that. And you know, I, I and, don't and know. to have that knowledge, cool, good. Yeah. But but to yeah. say like, uh, this if person is a horrible person yeah. if they don't advocate for all testing all the time and a positive result is the, you know, should be equated with, you know, this animal being on that blacklist almost of, of you know, got the Nido done out, forget it. No, no, there's nothing past that because there is, I mean, and look, if it's, if it's symptomatic with disease, that that's a a totally different story, but that's not what was represented. And that's not what was talked about. So it's like, again, I'm getting wound up and I'm sorry, but it's sketchy. It's sketchy. It's shitty business practice. Right. And, and whether that's part of his stoop to sell animals or not, like, that's not what I'm, you you understand what I'm saying? I I call it a a business practice, but it's, it's the same, it's the same thing is it's to me. And to me, like, that people who will, um, you know, say, oh, that animal's not pure. It's an integrate or it's this or that. That's shitty too. That's mm-hmm. shitty too because now those animals are throwaway just because you devalued it based on the way you have this mental construction of how value is within an artificial construct called taxonomy, right? Yeah, it's fucking right. dumb. It's yeah. fucked up. It is, it is a, it is a little sketchy there, but I mean, it, it works. Right. And, and I guess, I guess my biggest probably point of it, of this is, is, is any business, uh, can, can an unsketchy business succeed? You know, it's really hard in, in, in a lot of ways for, uh, a, a honest, you know, forthright business to succeed, especially when, people are coming at them with sketchy things. And, and a lot of times it's, it kind of scares away or pushes out the unsketchy folks in the industry. They're like, I don't want any part of this. This is ridiculous. You know, this guy's trashing me because I have a PhD or, you know, calling into question my credentials because he doesn't agree with what I'm saying or, or he's twisting my words to make it be something I'm not saying. And, you know, why do we want to act like that? I, I agree, you know, but business is, a lot of in a lot of ways sketchy from the get-go i mean you know nike's based on little kids sewing shoes in third but world countries but that's you know? bullshit <laughs> but that's bullshit because nike did that it's not just it's, it's, so so business practice isn't in, isn't inherently sketchy it's made sketchy by the way we can by the way we construct our society by the by the by the choices we make and by the things that we allow as okay to happen it's okay for you to call everything fake news when you don't like what it's saying or it's or or say like oh nobody knows what they're talking about because we get new information and things change and see they don't know from here to now what it is so it's all fake and i don't have to listen to it and i can just make up my own thing about what i want it to be so there take that world and (laughs) i mean it's just it's it, I, yes, you're right. You're you're 100 right, Justin. But it's still wrong to do to behave that way because of all the bullshit that comes out of it. And we never go to a positive place, and we're stuck in this intractable mess. Yeah, and, I mean, 
Obviously, and, you can. You can have a successful business and not be sketchy. And I think 100%. You know, 100%. Justin Kabilka is probably a great example of that. Yeah. You know, he's and built Frank a very Payne nice. And, I mean, the, like the, the list on. goes on and on yeah, and on. There's sure. plenty, there's tons of people who do. But at the same time, there's also those people who will who will say, like, well, you know what? Uh, I got this and it was sick. So you're a horrible person and that's it. Mm -hmm. You're done. And, and you know, to no fault of your own, like, right. Like, like, like I've had that happen where somebody called into question the animals that I sent him and I'm like, send them back. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not worried about them, you know, and they, they were just fine. They went on to, you know, new homes and they, the people that have them now are very happy with them. They're, they're great animals. Like there was but nothing there's wrong somebody, But there's somebody know. out there running yeah. around talking about that Justin piece of shit guy from AAR, yeah, you know, and it's, 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 to, it's total crap because why? Cause, cause I don't know, they didn't like it or they were an yeah. idiot and, and, and didn't understand what they were looking at. Or I don't know, you know, I don't know what motivates these people, but to me that it's, it's, it's the same, it's the same shit. You know what I mean? When you only want to hear what you want to hear and only push your side of the agenda and you're not willing to listen to reason about topics that are more complex than then you're willing to accept it's bullshit yeah and you know i guess i guess you could um uh, one one thing that maybe i i don't enjoy or, or that i don't like maybe somebody else really likes you know and 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 so maybe it's sketchy from my point of view and from somebody else is like no that's cool i like that you know i want to well, give me an example my- like Ralph Davis, you know, like I saw it as sketchy, like, oh, he's, you know, slinging women's underwear and, you know, calling people out to fight. And maybe those people deserve to be called out. I don't know. Maybe he, they should get a, you know, a beating or something. I don't know. But but to me, it was kind of a sketchy thing. But to all of his all of his customers and followers that really liked him. They're probably like, no, nah, it's it's cool. That I like that. I want to see that. Sure. My, you know, oh, he keeps it real. He doesn't take any yeah, crap. Exactly. But, but but when you know, fish and wildlife is looking at us, and they're like, well, maybe we need to do something <laughs> about these reptile folks. Then then people who are acting a fool don't help us one bit. Sure, not one yeah. goddamn bit. Yeah. I mean, if you saw U.S. Ark running around acting like that, we would not be doing so hot. Well, yeah. And that, I mean, Hank Mull's the reason we don't have a good, you know, relationship with zoos or, or you know, cer- certain, right. zoos, you know, point made, like that. right. That's, yeah. I mean, that's my point. <laughs> I mean, obviously just because one person in an industry is sketchy doesn't make the whole thing sketchy, but no, for sure. I mean, to be fair, we have probably more than our fair share of sketchy we characters. Do. You know, there's still, there's still people out there that are selling, you know, half dead animals and like, you know, animals dying on mass in their facilities and they continue, you know, they continue to be, and it sucks that exotic animals are rife with this problem, but but they're making, they're still making money. They're still having a business, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, like I said, you know, yeah, you can call it sketchy all day and you can hate it and, and it can be a black eye to us, but it's working for them. They're still making money and they're sure. still slinging animals or whatever. But the problem is all it takes is, you know, the winds of change to blow the other direction. And then all of a sudden it all comes to a crashing halt uh, very expediously, uh, when, you know, when the opportunity arises. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you can just ignore it and ignore it and ignore it and act like it's not a, well, it works and it's a business model. And what are you going to do? It's America. You can't, 
you know, you can't, and, and, and that's fine. You're right. It, and, and it is, and it, it could go on for a really long time, but mm-hmm. at some point it, that something may happen and, and it may, and it may involve somebody who did some shady shit. And that is the catalyst for a whole state losing its ability to keep reptiles. Yeah. Not so freaking yeah. far I mean, fetched from be. happening. No, right? but I mean, you know, it's, it's happened certain places, but for the sure. most part, it's happened know, all over the place. They, they loosen those up again. I mean, our, our regulations in this state have kind of settled down a bit and, and compared to what they used to be. And, you know, and just because somebody was engaged in sketchy behavior in the past doesn't mean they can't change and become, you know, uh, have a better business plan. I mean, you know, there's, sure. there's several examples of that where people were, you know, filmed being cruel to animals or kind of having a a, a pretty crappy attitude about things who are now, you know, building zoos and fine outstanding individuals. I get it. I get it. I get it. And and look, I'm not, hopefully they learn their lesson. What I'm saying, and I'm definitely not saying that nobody deserves the second chance or that nobody makes mistakes. I'm just saying that, you know, that, that, that shady business practice or that shitty way of behaving, uh, around reptiles and, you know, denying, denying science and facts and, and being dog, you know, dogmatic and, and bullheaded about things does not serve us well. It does yeah, not. I mean, and people vote with their dollar. So if sure. they like it, if it's working, then they'll support them. I mean, I, you know, reading <laughs> stolen world, um, reading about Hank Moltz exploits and how he screwed over some close associates like that sure. people that are funding his journeys and he just left them with the bill and just screwed them over. They were, they, and, and then they did business with him down the road. It's like, I mean, are we that desperate for these animals? I mean, really? So yeah, something's rare, but it, there's so many cool reptiles that are not, that are not rare and that are not expensive and that we can get from, good upstanding people. Do we really need to be supporting the Hank Moltz? You know, probably not. And it's probably, you know, we need to kind of vote with our dollar and think about where the animals are coming from and what's going on. Unfortunately, the majority of, you know, educated reptile keepers, if you want to call them that, um, I mean, there's so many more people that don't have any concept of how reptiles come in the country. All they know reptiles from is like PetSmart. You know, they go in and they see the chameleon or the corn snake and granted most of the stuff in PetSmart is probably uh, sourced okay or or maybe even captive bred within the united states you know as far as like ball pythons and maybe they're catching chameleons out of florida and getting rid of an invasive species there or something i you know so you know to some extent it's like well what do you you know what do you do other things like obviously you know a lot of the imports and stuff that's that's you know, we've, we've talked about that too. There's pros and cons to importing and, and exporting things. And, um, you know, so, but there's also a right way and a sketchy way to do it. Like, it's, sure. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I, I think, I think it's important to separate out the act from the intention or the act from, yeah. um, the, 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 the methodology or the behavior within that act. Right. Like I don't have any problem with smuggling if it gets, uh, an animal that we would not be able to establish because a government is being stupid about the way that they're, 
handling their loss. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is somebody who just stuffs their entire suitcase in their body and they're they're bringing in all these animals and they're not caring about the welfare of the animal and they're pilfering rather than bringing in just what they need to establish and and never and never disturbing that animal's habitat ever again. Right. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. There, there's there's a there's a there's a difference, and it, it's that intention that's the sketchiness, not importation, not having an opinion about things. Like it's the way you use that intention, that opinion, and the way you intention it is it is the problem for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, um, <laughs> I I don't like shady practices, and I try not to employ them in my business. And and it's a it, kind of a big reason I didn't do this as a full time job is because I wanted to enjoy it as a hobby. I didn't want pressure to sell snakes, you know, yeah. to to make money to feed my family. You know that that mm-hmm. wasn't something I was interested in. And I'm very happy with the job I have and and the the collection I have and, you know, the time that I can spend with the reptiles and, and things like that. So, you know, sometimes I think, oh, it would have been cool to go full time. But at other times I'm like, man, sure is nice not to have to worry about selling snakes to, to make the rent or whatever. So, you know, there's, there's, uh, but these things go on and we need to be aware of them and we need to understand how, how it can negatively impact the hobby. I mean, yeah, there, it might work for you in the short term. And and I'm probably kind of summing up with siding with you a little bit, which angers all our listeners, right? Cause we're not fighting properly. I tried, anyway, to, I tried to be as feisty as I could with this. Though. It's hard I certainly to have strong feelings about it. No. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and it's, and it's, you know, it's justified to, to a, a large extent. And, you know, I, I guess, I guess you need to, you know, make sure that you're not judging somebody's business practices as shady when, you know, they're just shady to you and mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, they could be just fine to somebody else. But if you're, I mean, obviously if you're screwing people over and stealing their money and not giving them the animals you promised and, and that kind of thing, or, or running their name through the mud just because yeah, you don't. I mean, if you're going to challenge thing, some, what somebody yeah. says, at least accurately represent what exactly. they're saying. Right. And you can't, can't or push give your... them the chance to, to go toe to toe with you or something, sure. you know, that kind of thing. Sure. But you know, it, it, there, there are, there are reasonable ways to, to, you know, do this and, and still, you know, maybe appear sketchy to somebody else, but you know, you're, you're doing it legitimately or it's okay. You know, that make any sense? Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. no, it did. I mean, I understand. Yeah. I, I, I understand. I just, I think for me, you know, it's, it's important for anyone listening to understand that a shady business practice or a shitty business practice isn't just as simple as like that out front, easy to see like, ah, that guy's abusing animals. That's a shitty business practice. Like that, that, that we need to start thinking about how, um, misrepresenting things and ignoring science, ignoring the, some of the best stuff that has happened to, to, to reptiles, especially around, you know, uh, virus testing and and what we know, uh, around these viruses more than ever. And, and, and if you're going to just ignore the facts that are around that, the, you know, the, the virology of, of what we know about snake viruses, you're not doing a service. And, and, and that is shady too. That is sketchy too. And, and we need to look at it that way. And, and, and I don't, you know, I mean, certainly, um, you know, I'm not saying that that all 
that that it is it is a level playing field of sketchiness and there's certainly some minutia in there but i don't want people to just think that it's people who do bad things like smuggling or or animal abuse or things like that that are that are the only type of sketchy shit that we have going on in the hobby yeah yeah i mean it's it's good to identify sketchiness in in all its forms and um I yeah see you oh. <laughs> hopefully uh yeah Everybody listening has gotten some, you know, something to think about as far as uh, business practices in the reptile industry. And, you know, there's probably a lot of stuff we didn't cover. If you, you know, something comes to mind, you want to chat about it more, come fight us, you know, get your, get your, uh, uh, ideas out there and, and, uh, come on. I've, I've really appreciated the feedback that we've been getting, you know, some of the, um, it's, it's been, you know, overall pretty positive. We've had a few kind of critiques that, you know, maybe say some of the things we're not, you know, we need to maybe improve on and, and we appreciate Who said what? Well. Who said <laughs> yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send Chuck to your house. And <laughs> go play with me. Uh, we'll but anyway, I, you know, thanks for listening and, and hopefully you, you got something good out of this. Um, that's what we're here for. I hope to, to give you both sides and, and let you see. Um, I, I, you know, shout out to Morelia Python's network. Uh, I've had some good shows on recently. Uh, uh, Chuck, of course, will be on here soon and, and will be on the, on the Morelia Python's radio um, coming up soon, probably this next week, right? I would or, say or it's coming up pretty soon. I don't know. Weeks. I think they were, they were boning up on some shows. So I don't, I'm yeah. not a hundred percent sure. I think they were recording right before this one, but yeah. um, a lot of great content. I, I really enjoyed the interview with Billy Hunt. That was a lot of fun to listen to. Billy's a great guy. We got to have him on here. Did I already mention that this earlier or no? Can't remember I if I just mentioned it to you, but anyway, Billy's so cool. He gets two shout outs if we did. There did you go. Show, but, Damn. Um, the yeah, that, that was, that was interesting to listen to and, and fun to listen to. I, I also uh, was listening to, um, I think it was snakes and stogies. Now, you know, this is of course not in the NPR network, but we're, we're pretty good friends with the uh, folks yes, at the Herpticulture Network. We, and, we uh, cross deck with other uh, Oh, yeah, podcasts, yeah. So. They're, they're good guys. And we're getting, we're actually going to have uh, Phil Wolf on here uh, yeah. next Phil! week. Phil! Phil Wolf of Wheeler Eye. <laughs> yeah, so he's a great guy. Very knowledgeable, so that'll be fun to have him on. Um, but, uh, you know, the the there's just so, so much great content on uh, Morelia Python uh, Radio Network, so... Um, check them out at moreliapythonradio.com. Um, if you want to email them, get in contact info at moreliapython.com. Sorry, info at moreliapythonradio.com. That's a mouthful. It's tough to say. So I'll works. give you. I'll give you better, better, better. Yeah, <laughs> and well follow. You know, follow the the network and and Morelia Python Radio on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, etc. So, and it's all at NPR Network. So. This is uh, this has been another edition of Reptile Fight Club, and I don't know. You got anything else to say to the people? We got any <laughs> words of wisdom? Good content out there. You you heard anything good, or, or are we 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 uh, wrapping up here? What do you Justin think? and I love you all. Don't be sketchy bastards, and we'll see you <laughs> next week. I like it. All right, thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. Bye. Fight Club. 